what is the basic process of chemical neurotransmission in the central nervous system why do we need to study it what is the essence of all this neurotransmission thing what are the steps involved in the neurotransmission what is fast neurotransmission what is slow neurotransmission all this and many more things we'll get to know in today's episode Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD, Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best, simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find, and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Increase or decrease in neurotransmission in the central nervous system is the basic plan of mechanism of the drugs entitled to be studied as we study the details of central nervous system and the drugs associated. Ion channels, they are the significant drug targets. Then we have neurotransmitter receptors. We have transport proteins also. Synapse is the main site where the neurotransmitters act. And they not only act, they stimulate, they propagate the signals. They carry out variety of biological activities. Do you know, more than 100 of chemical messengers, they have been identified till date. But then there are certain specific criterias to be fulfilled for a chemical messenger to be identified as a neurotransmitter. So we can say that all the neurotransmitters, they are chemical messengers, but all the chemical messengers, they are not neurotransmitters. Certain criterias have to be fulfilled before we can call a chemical messenger as a neurotransmitter. What are these criterias? Let's get to know about them. The first one, the main site is the synapse. So neurotransmitter, it should be present in the synapse. And the origin of the neurotransmitter must be the neurons which are branching in the synapse as presynaptic terminals. I hope you understand and you are getting the picture in your mind of the neurons branching into presynaptic terminals in the synapse. Second criteria, the amount of neurotransmitter released, it should be much enough to create an effect. That is, it can be excitatory, it can be diminuting effect, but it should be much enough that it creates, it produces a proper effect, whatever the effect could be. Third criteria, now in an experimental setup, the neurotransmitter effect, it should be similar. Rather, I should say it should be mimicking, it should be the same as it is in the biological system. That is, it should be able to excite and have the signaling throughout the presynaptic pathway. So that is a wonderful criteria and that is a very important criteria 
for a chemical messenger to be called as a neurotransmitter. Fourth criteria. The agonist and the antagonist. The effects on the neurotransmitter in the experimental setup. They should be appropriate enough to be evaluated, measured, calculated and to produce some kind of results or rather I should say desired or expected results. Then the fifth criteria. Termination of the neurotransmitter effect. It should be via an apt mechanism. Oh, what are the different mechanisms? Can you memorize some of the mechanisms from whatever you have read so far? Well, I remember a few of them. That is by the blockade of the neurotransmitter. Secondly, via the reuptake mechanism. And thirdly, hydrolysis by the enzymes. So, and then there are many more mechanisms by which there is termination of the neurotransmitter effect. But the mechanisms, they should be proper apt. That is, this is also a proper criteria of the chemical messenger to be identified as a neurotransmitter. It should have a termination mechanism. Now coming over to the signaling. Let's talk about signaling. Well, signaling can be basically of two types. It can be fast. It can be slow. Now, what do, I, what do I mean by saying signaling? I refer this term signaling to neurotransmission. So, fast neurotransmission, it is very common. It involves the quick ion flux in the ion channels. Slow neurotransmission, it is observed in certain receptors. The most common being the G-protein coupled receptors. And it is actually an interplay of the neurotransmitters with the GTP binding proteins. Now, what do we need to know more about all these things? The nuclear receptors involved in the steroid hormone signaling and the growth factor receptors, they show many more mechanism ways many steps they constitute chemical transmission i'm sure you might be knowing the basic steps of chemical neurotransmission and you might be started having the picture of the neuron end the synapse the pre and the postsynaptic receptors then we have some vesicles then we have the neurotransmitter then its formation its storage its transport its release and its effect well that was just i was remembering the picture of this neurotransmission let's talk about it in detail the first step synthesis of neurotransmitter now when the neurotransmitter is in the form of small molecules then it is synthesized in the nerve terminals but if it is in the form of larger peptide molecules, then it originates from the cell bodies and it further migrates to the nerve terminals. So that is the only difference. Coming over to the storage of the neurotransmitter. Neurotransmitters, they are stored in special vesicles and these vesicles, they are in sync. That is, they are associated with ADP and proteins. Let's talk about the third step, release of neurotransmitters. 
Now, this is made to happen via the process of exocytosis. You remember exocytosis, endocytosis. Then we have some similar terms like phagocytosis, pinocytosis. But that is not of the concern here. We are just and only concerned with exocytosis. So, the presynaptic neuron, it is depolarized. There is a kind of stimulus-secretion coupling. There, there it occurs and there is a docking of the vesicles. The vesicles, they are docked along the plasma membrane. Then they fuse with the plasma membrane and the components of the vesicles, they are released into the synapse. That's very easy to imagine. And actually, as it is as easy to remember and imagine as it sounds. The process is very simple and direct. There are nothing complicated routes about in the whole process. Coming over to the fourth step. What happens to the released neurotransmitters? The released neurotransmitters, they bind to the target or the protein. Now this target receptor, it can be postsynaptic, it can be presynaptic. And then what happens? Then there is hallmarking of the signaling chain of the events or the effects. Fifth step, finally, the neurotransmitter action is terminated by different variety of routes. It can be via the diffusion from the synapse. It can be via the hydrolysis by the enzymes esterases. It can be via the reuptake phenomena. Now, now is the time that we need to summarize the fast and the slow neurotransmission. So let's talk fast neurotransmission. Once the receptors, they are stimulated, when the ion channels, they are involved, the effect signaling occurs in milliseconds. Milliseconds, when we hear, then everything reminds us of a very fast, quick, speedy action. So, that is why it is the fast neurotransmission. The fast neurotransmission is a kind of a direct neurotransmission. It's a, it's a kind of a direct gated neurotransmission. The channels, they open very quickly. Very quickly, the permeability changes occurs in the postsynaptic membrane. Either there is depolarization or there is hyperpolarization. If there is depolarization, there is an increase. And if there is hyperpolarization, there is a kind of a decrease in the signaling effect. Now, these receptors, they are known as inotropic receptors. And one of the best examples of these inotropic receptors is nicotinic cholinergic receptors, which are associated with acetylcholine. Another example is GABA receptors, serotonin receptors. I'm talking about the 5-HT3 receptors. These are old inotropic receptors. They conduct the fast neurotransmission. Lastly, ending the episode, let's talk about the slow neurotransmission. Now, when I talk it's a slow neurotransmission, you should not underestimate to be a kind of a very lazy, laggy neurotransmission. No, it's not. It is slow in comparison to the faster neurotransmission. But it's still on the scale of seconds. 
We will not say that it occurs in milliseconds, but definitely it is on the scale of seconds. So it is not so slow, but it is slower than the fast one. It is only slow compared to the fast neurotransmission. The receptors which are stimulated, they in turn activate the second messengers. And the best example, we have G protein couple receptors. I won't be going into the details of G protein couple receptors. For that, you can definitely refer to one of the older episodes, all dedicated, all discussed, all about the G protein couple receptors. And it would be a good revision of the second messengers involved, the different pathways involved, the activation pathways. And all in all, it would be a very good topic to revise along with the neurotransmission. Well, that's a little heat and advice. Nothing more to discuss about it. It's the wrapping time. And I would just say for all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.isfarmecologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. And the name of the newsletter is Pharmacology Further e-newsletter. It also has an associated podcast. It is a monthly e-newsletter and a monthly podcast. The links, they are given in the show notes. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates, and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. Is Pharmacology Difficult? If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.